Hello everybody, uh, thanks for taking time on a holiday to join on this call. Uh, I'm Anshuman Gupta, I cover Pharma and Healthcare at Investec Capital. As part of the Pharma Expert Series, uh, we are hosting another industry leader today, Dr. Madhukar Tangari. Dr. Madhukar is the founder and CEO of MedPlus. This is India's largest independent retail pharmacy chain. He has pioneered the concept of omni-channel pharmacies in India through MedPlus which serves medicines both through online and offline platforms. Prior to founding MedPlus in 2006, Dr. was has successfully built businesses in the areas of IT and retail. He is an MBBS from Kundul Medical College and an MBA from the Wharton School. Uh, welcome, sir. Uh, we are extremely grateful that you could take time. Uh, I am sure you understand that a lot of us want to know more about what's happening with the Indian pharma market during the COVID crisis. Uh, thank you, Anshuman, for having me. Um, <clears throat> I will quickly jump into the performance of our company in Q4 and part of Q1. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to give you a lot more color than you uh, have any follow-up questions on uh, both of uh, the performances and the general outlook and all. Uh, Q4 uh, started off uh, normally, but early February, we got indications that um the uh the sales would uh you know uh, the sales were actually uh beginning to kind of look up. Uh and this was based on early reports from uh newspapers and all in which uh people were already predicting that APIs coming in from China and intermediates coming in from China because of the lockout in Wuhan and all would uh, uh be in charge supply at some point of time. So the early and careful people were, you know, stocking up as early as February, uh, a small percentage though. By March, uh, it was, you know, COVID was very real. We were seeing lockdowns everywhere. And by the end of the March, we saw a huge jump in sales, mainly around the chronic side. Uh, there were a little bit of, you know, purchases on the antibiotics and all, but I won't say much. Mainly people were worried about the lockdown and everything else, and they were buying in. Usually, uh, we, we have seen customers buy as much as uh, for three months at a time, but mostly it was for two months. So, uh, Q4 of 2020 saw a big jump in sales, mainly because of a 20% hike in sales only for March. Just to compare it with Q4 of 2000. Uh, 19, our sales actually um, went up um, by over 40%. And this, I would have to compare it to the Q3, uh, jump over Q3 of FI19. That was 25% and this was 40%. And the 15% hike in one quarter was all bought uh, just out of one month sales. And that was the last time they sales. There was some panic buying in that time. And that's what basically resulted in increased sales. But otherwise, there's no real extra demand created for any product at all. There's one of the self-crises at least in which very little uh, new stuff was being sold. You know, one could count masks and sanitizers, but that's not exactly promised for the product. Yeah. And uh, coming to April, uh, Q1 of 2021, uh, April, as expected, took a big dip. Um, over uh, the standard sales, you know, when I say March, we went up 20% over, and this one went 10% under, 
uh, on the whole, sales were muted for several reasons. A, because you know, not enough new clinics were uh, clinics were open, uh, not enough uh, doctors were seeing patients. There were no prescriptions coming out. Uh, people are already bought in uh, March, so there was no real need for them to come back and buy the chronic medicines again. Uh, there were reduced supplies in a, in a few areas, but there were mainly logistical issues because, you know, I think suppliers were coming in from the companies, uh, but uh, things were held up on borders. And uh, then, again, our own inability to service customers were also pretty significant, I would say. Uh, a lot of people had actually uh, gone back to their small towns and villages from where they had come. Uh, employees uh, ended up actually going back. And uh, we uh, were working at something like 60% staff in stores and around 40 to 50% staff in the warehouse. So we were not able to replenish our, store, our, our stores. And uh, store centrals were not able to service all the customers. They were reduced hours. And, uh, and, uh, overall, uh, uh, April was, uh, at least 10 to 15 percent lower than the normal month. But, uh, most people, including us, had adjusted the overall, uh, you know, discounts and everything else to kind of, you know, not, um, uh, so I would say, that, um, the, the distance sales was higher. Then, uh, in, in the volume was higher because we were selling at a lesser discount. Uh, anyway, so March and April pretty much, uh, crossed themselves out. Uh, we are now looking at May. We think there will be some, uh, uh, easing of the lockdowns now. We expect some other people will come to start buying, but we still expect muted sales. Uh, I don't really see everyone, you know, coming on and buying all the other, other drugs. So 60% of our sales come from chronic therapies. Chronic diseases or not, and I think that's what will basically continue to sell. I really don't expect anything else um, of significance to happen as far as sales uh, of the other categories. Uh, uh, so I think from a, sir, I think you briefly mentioned from a demand perspective. Are you seeing any particular categories which are doing much better than certain categories which are? So let's say what we are hearing from us that acute segment is completely collapsed in the sense that. In sales are probably down significantly over over year on year or you say quarter on quarter, whichever way you want to look at it. So you want to throw some light on that? One would have to say, you know, new categories have come up, right? A new categories like, you know, uh, things like sanitizers and masks and all which are also being sold by stores. Other stores too, but people typically end up coming to general stores. So prevention has been the main thing out here. Uh, hygiene and all have been uh, on the rise, you know, products for hygiene and everything else. But I would say acute, um, definitely as you said, because of various reasons, has actually come down. Uh, chronic continues to be the same. I haven't seen anything else, you know, really pop up out there. We did see for a brief while um, demand for hydroxychloroquine, but and I'm pretty sure some of the unorganized, some of the smaller chains and mom and pop stores would have ended up selling if they had access to the drug. But we were under strict instructions from the drug department not to send the drug, uh, at least in some of the states in which we were operating. So, A, that there was demand for the drug, but companies like IPCA and all were not really willing to supply to the level we wanted. And by the time they wanted to, uh, the drug department had basically asked us not to sell the drug. So, um, prophylactic or curative, there's, there's been really no great drug for this. We did not really see any appreciable 
increasingly new product out here or new category for that matter. Sure. So, so the other thing that we are hearing is that um, that the larger companies are gaining at the expense of smaller companies. So, when I say that, I I, I actually mean that the brand recall for some of the larger companies in the minds of doctors is much higher versus uh, you know, the smaller companies. So, do you think, are you seeing that same phenomena happening at your stores? Mm, not really. Honestly, not. I would think that the larger guys had slightly better logistics in place. They were able to supply slightly better. You know, supplies from Sun Pharma and the rights way actually came in quite nicely. But some of the smaller companies could not do the same. So, for that reason, maybe the sales went up a little bit. But, I don't think that, uh, you know, we really saw any uptick in subscriptions for any large company or so like that. In fact, if anything, Anshuma, this, uh, you know, supply-side problem, where the companies could not supply, a lot of local manufacturers cropped up for other products. I'm not talking about some medicines, but for other products. And people are just about selling anything which they could. So, private labels and everything else on the FMCG side really picked up a little bit on that. Uh, especially in new categories out there. Um, I don't think, you know, this was mainly around the supply side out there. Demand where it was weak was, was weak, right? But for the products in which there was demand, there was no supply. So you pretty much took what you wanted, what, what, what you know, was available out there as a customer. See, the other thing I wanted to ask you, do you want to hazard a guess of sort of Indian pharma market growth for this quarter and for the year? Anshuman, I would think it will probably be flattish. Because I really don't see people coming out, and I also don't see doctors also, you know, practicing full-fledged And, and if anything, you know, June is a month in which we basically have a lot of infective sales going up, right? Once the monsoon starts and all. And a lot of it is also predicated on people not being very careful with their personal hygiene. Uh, not, you know, so, but what Corona has done is basically, you know, made everyone extremely aware of how to avoid infection. If they basically take the same, you know, practice and, you know, really take it to heart and practice it properly, I would think, you know, the normal infections also may come down, right? Maybe, you know, what we are doing to protect corona will probably end up, you know, protecting us from a host of other diseases which we are usually the target of during the months of June, July. So, I am not really sure there's no real good reason for any of the, uh, for, uh, for a real growth in the overall industry. There is some talk, and we are also looking at some customers, uh, the new buzzword out there among, you know, doctors, patients, and the general public is immunity. So anything which basically is an immune booster or anything which you can, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, retarget and basically rebrand as an immune booster, we'll probably see some uh, traction out there. That's what we are thinking, and that's what our goal would be also this quarter to basically get some vegetable products out there, have racks of immune booster products out there. But other than that, I really see no great reason why, you know, sales should uh, uh, do anything other than just track normal uh, Q&Q results. So my question was on the trade margin cap regulation. So if at all this is to come in force, what what will be the percentage of volume of sales that will be impacted due to the trade margin cash for non-trade generic and generic generic pharmacies like 
the brand pharmacy selling only branded medicines so what will be the impact on these okay the the cap of 30% or whatever they put on the generic thing of their we should be the margin for the channel right um yeah. i don't think that should really have any effect uh on the overall market itself what i feel will happen is so uh chemists were selling trade generics to cover a higher margin right right and if you basically said cipra which basically sells a lot of this stuff suddenly we will now start supplying a 100 rupee mrp ticket 70 rupees to the chemist they will no longer be interested in even buying that so they may just end up you know selling only normal stuff what will happen though is i'm pretty sure and this is just unfortunate whenever you actually cap margins or uh you know mandate this kind of pricing control this is a thing which you're going to see is that cipra will no longer or at least companies like that which basically do all this will no longer be able to sell no one will want to buy that stuff so that will just go out so either chemists will now sell only the higher price regular branded stuff or some guy will come in out there who will start supplying all these kind of people all the uh, smaller stores with drugs with a 100 rupee mrp on paper taking only 70 rupees but maybe giving a kickback of 30 40 or 50 rupees to that guy to buy okay right so what it means is organized state trade generic will be a, will, will have a problem uh, generic generic because of the margin because then there is no longer a value proposition for the product for the chemist but there is a the fact is that that drug actually costs only 20% of its market the cost of that is only 20% right uh, the cost to the chemist today and people make money even when they sell at that price to the chemist 20-25 percent of whatever, right? So people may still make money. So someone else will jump in and uh, will make the service available. I really don't see that going away. And sort of things that they continue as normal without such caps and all. You see these trade margin, uh, trade generic and generic generic organized pharmacy chains, which have come up in the last two three years, making a significant dent to the branded market or. changing the trend and the consumer behavior in the indian market what is your thought on this yeah definitely you know people are more aware of the generic thing out there they will try to go and buy all the stuff so um, uh, some of the generic stuff as long as it is good quality and all but i think there's still a long way from doing that and tell you give you uh, one main reason for that um if you actually cut the overall market by such a large number a drug which is now earlier selling for 100 rupees now uh, if a generic generic retailer or a company is uh, buying it for 20 giving a 70% discount on it or 60% discount on it then his overall margin is 70% or less uh, he may find it really difficult to survive he may not really have enough sales out there the overall uh, top line goes down significantly while the margin may be more or less similar he will have a challenge one uh, you can and uh, th- that's one and two you can't just run a store purely based on the generic because not everything is available in generic uh, so you will need to have branded products also so when that starts happening people will again start you know putting in branded drugs or 
customers will then go to a store which has got both the generic and branded drugs. So, answer to your question, will generic generic stores only survive? I don't think so. Uh, will they change the behavior of people? Definitely. People will know that there are options out there available for lesser price now, so they will opt for that. Uh, but I think largely they will be guided by their doctors. Given the fact that, you know, a lot of the products out there are not really of the best quality, I'm pretty sure doctors will start encouraging people to go buy branded stuff only. One. Uh, two, given that our spend overall as a country still per capita very, very less, the average diabetic and diabetic guy spends less than 500,000 rupees out there. That's the monthly ticket that we see in our own stores across the three lakh customers we serve every day. Uh, I don't think that we are really priced out. Uh, the minute the doctor basically says, I'm not really sure about the quality of the drug, I want you to take this particular product, people will not switch. So, while awareness is built, I think it's still a long way off. As a business proposition, a generic generic store only does not really have any great value. Okay. So, uh, before the end, I think uh, if you want to share your journey. Sure, sure, sure. So, uh, I started this company and it actually was pretty accidental. I was writing a deep, uh, uh, business plan for a GPO uh, for my third semester at uh, business school in the uh, U.S. And as part of that, I came across something which said that 30% of all trade cuts are made in India. And this was a report made by who? And I thought that this would be a great opportunity for a company to come in and set up a store which could guarantee genuine And that's how I went in and wrote my business plan in fourth semester 2005. Uh, came back to India, uh, end of 2005, started our first 50 stores in Hyderabad. And over the years, they have gotten funded by uh, a bunch of venture capitalists and PE funds. Um, at least two sets of them, three sets of them I have existed now. Uh, we are now 1,800 stores across seven states. Uh, we are the largest independent retail store out there. We are uh, omni-channel, we have a omni-channel presence, and we are now looking to uh, kind of end this whole thing, uh, not I will say end this whole thing, uh, expand even more rapidly and try and uh, get to the IPO markets in the next one year or so. My ideal plan would be to try and do it end of this year, but if not, it's because of the corona situation, we have to postpone it. Maybe within the 18 months, we'll actually go public listing and uh, try and raise money for us to go across the country. Uh, all in all, it's been a good journey, uh, but the one thing which we looked at, one very quick uh, thing, was that we started thinking that there's a great market for people, uh, for a company which sold genuine merchants. Unfortunately, what we found out was that while people paid a little bit of lip service to the whole thing, they all thought that their own genuine their own person was giving them uh, absolutely genuine stuff and all. So no one was willing to believe that there was any problem out there. So we ended up basically just doing what other retailers do, which is uh, not just promise in investment, but more importantly, the best possible price out there. So we have been a discount retailer. We lead the market in discounts. Today we offer 20% discounts on MRP across all our stores. And that's been the one thing which has driven our Great, sir. I should say, uh, as part of the Pharma Expert Series, this has been one of the most informative sessions for all of us. I think, uh, thank you everybody for joining on the call.